It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam and I are pleased to be joined by Broncos insider and draft expert Cecil Lammy. You can follow him at Cecil Lammy and listen to his show, which just celebrated its one-year anniversary on 104.3 FM, The Fan, and online and on Twitch with Nick Ferguson. So, Cecil, pleased to be uh, have you on the show and, and talk free agency in the Broncos. Well, it's like a tradition for us, so uh, it's good to be back. Always good to chop it up with you, too. Yes, excellent. Thank you. So let's jump right in um, because a lot of stuff is happening. We saw the Broncos tag Justin Simmons uh, just the other day, so that was something that most of Broncos company, Broncos company, Broncos country was pining for, hoping it would happen. Uh, but it does leave some questions about what the next move is or what the the direction they're going to go now is. Uh, I, I suppose some of the reports you see are George Payton is. Now we're going to focus on Shelby Harris. What are your thoughts on how that's going to go or what's going to happen with that? Yeah, and we all need to have kind of a, a decipher hat on, if you will, when we listen to George Payton say he wants to keep everybody from a five-win team. 
is that true how much of that is true what will actually come to fruition that's what we're here to chop up and that's what we're here to talk about the justin simmons thing to me is disappointing because it should have been done a year ago i mean honestly you're only costing yourself more money i understand it's a procedural move in terms of it gives them more time and they can kind of put justin on the back burner okay we have until july 15th to work out a long-term deal which is going to pay him roughly what we are everybody knows the number the number's 15 like uh, if you want to make it 14 and a half and hey we won we got him for 14 and a half we know what the number is like this his number will be exactly what all of us expect and that's why the delay to me it's not necessarily a sign of bad business but it's just like i know i get it you guys are pushing it back to july to give yourself more time that you don't need for a player that you want to keep around as great as he is in the community as great as he is in that locker room as great as he is on the field people bring up the buffalo game the devon singletary run and all those sorts of things it's like okay guy's gonna get got once in a while but generally and, and the other thing that couples with this is you don't have anybody behind him it's not like there's someone like he was you know when darian stewart got up there when tj ward got up there and then you had this young guy justin simmons you're like oh that's something special Let's wait and, you know, let's let's promote and elevate that guy. Well, you don't have that. So the Broncos are kind of in this corner that they've painted themselves in, and they don't want to, like, get out of it, basically, until July when they have to. And I've seen the future, July 15th, probably about noon, mountain time. They're going to sign Justin Simmons to a long-term deal that we already know what the number is going to be. Now, what's next in this? Shelby's market fell apart last year because DeForest Buckner got traded. The Colts were hot and heavy. We might have even talked about it a, a year ago. Like the Colts were, they were going to be that team to pay Shelby, not the $10 million a year, whatever he wanted, but they were that team to go after him. Once they traded for DeForest Buckner, his market fell apart. And then he came back to the Broncos and just did it again, right? And you know what you have. And it's all about fit in the NFL. I'm probably going to say that about 10 times on this show. So get ready, make it a little bingo game, whatever you want to do. But it's get all about fit. Out. Shelby Harris fits what Vic Fangio wants to do. Now, do they get along the greatest all the time? No, when Harris is lunging at Fangio on the sidelines in a game. But you look at the situation, you go, okay, uh, the fit is there. You know what he's doing. You know what he expects to do in this uh, defense. And the production level you're going to get from Harris, like the dedication, the professionalism, all those sorts of things. So, all right, Shelby, fine. It makes me kind of curious about Demarcus Walker. There's some cheaper guys like Demarcus Walker, I think. huh? I like what he's been doing the last few years. Maybe you'd want to see a little bit more. But if you can get Shelby for the right price, you do that. I think the you know elephant in the room, whatever, is the Von Miller situation. Like, okay, what are you doing there? Von has said before he wants to be a Bronco for life. The legal thing is cleared up, which is got so many questions around it like why did we even know about that exactly why did parker police even say anything when he's under investigation but there's no charges and then they hands it off to the da and then there's no charges like it, it's very curious um he's not answered about the text messages although i believe on instagram he did deny this and i guess i'm grumpy old man because i think it's ridiculous that we're watching players instagram and they said on tiktok this like oh god who cares but like it's a a serious situation he the broncos usually like push guys out there to talk about this type of stuff they haven't done that with vaughn we'll have to see what happens there i think to me like the harris move you know you have some other moves hey we're gonna throw a tender on alexander johnson like eh, whatever you can upgrade from that the miller one the simmons one these are real tells 
for how Peyton is going to conduct business with the Broncos. So go ahead, Ian. Well, I was just going to say in terms of the players that you think are actually going to be back, we see that they're going to probably tender um, Tim Patrick. Um, they're going to tender. It seems like Philip Lindsay, where are they going? What tender are they going to place on these guys? And since I'm in the sports betting business over at PlayColorado.com, what do you place on the odds of, of guys coming back? I say Philip Lindsay and Tim Patrick are going to get original round tenders. Hell, I'll throw Alexander Johnson in there as well. So it's like, we want him back. Here's an original round tender, which means, much like C.J. Anderson, who got an original round tender, another team can sign him, and if he leaves, you don't get anything. Now, the Broncos chose to match the Dolphins' offer, and C.J. took the Dolphins' offer. The Bears actually had an offer that was greater that the Broncos might not have matched. But either way, like, okay, that still opens guys up for teams to go after him. You have three choices, first, second, or original round. You're not going to throw a first or a second rounder on any of these guys. And how great they are and the greatest ever, whatever you want to say, because fans always get upset. I talked to Philip Lindsay a couple of weeks ago. He sounded... I had people tell me in the media, like, it sounded like a verbal resume. I'm like, well, he definitely wanted to talk. It was uh, maybe the best interview that we've done in a year on the Nick and Cecil show. So, like, Philip Lindsay, original round tender, you're going to get a lot of interest. There's a lot of teams out there that like him, in my opinion, more than the Broncos do. Or should I be more specific, more than Pat Shermer does? Because I think it's insulting how Pat Shermer basically treated Philip Lindsay last year from his very first press conference when I was the first one to ask him about Philip Lindsay. And he's like, eh, he's okay. It's like, nah, he's better than okay if you just know how to use him the right way. This fascination with Melvin Gordon, I think, is very odd. Gordon, you know, with suspension looming, they could get rid of, no dead money. That seems to make sense. Draft is full of running backs. I'll probably bring up Khalil Herbert multiple times and no, I'm not his agent, but like, multiple backs in the mid rounds that you could really fall in love with. If you're a team in need of a running back, like the Broncos would be So keep Lindsay around, use them the right way, draft the running back. Maybe Royce Freeman could actually do something. You could easily move on from Melvin Gordon. The Tim Patrick thing is very, he's very valuable, but he's your fourth receiver. Now he might be more valuable if a couple of your receivers are dealt away. And that's kind of hanging over all of this. Like you can, keep your valuable players you can keep tim patrick and he's your fourth receiver but if you trade Cortland sutton to the texans for deshaun watson including a bunch of other stuff now tim patrick is a starter so again a lot of importance there patrick will probably stay there seems to be a lot of respect for his game around the league but less buzz than there is with philip Lindsay. Lindsay's name gets brought up a lot with people that i talk to because people are excited about him they're excited about his game and, and it's not like patrick they're not Everyone knows what he can do. Um, it's just the injury history. That's what it was at Utah. I mean, regular and you, what, what was a USC game? I think it was Zadori Jackson, top of my head. Like he's abusing guys out there. Tim Patrick's always been good. It just took the NFL time to figure that out. You know, he was that way in college and he also gets hurt a lot. So, you know, there's a problem there as well. And Alexander Johnson, he does a dino dance that fans love. It, he's nothing special as a linebacker. Sorry, I don't want to sound mean. It's never personal with these players because people always bring that up. It's personal. No, it's not. It's just you've had replaceable level inside linebackers since Smoke Dog Al Wilson played. Like, you need a special dude. You need that Levante David. You need that Devin White, Devin Bush. Even though I really like what Noah Fant's done, there's so much there with Noah Fant, too. Um, you know, hopefully the Broncos can address that at some point, whether that's nine in the draft, whether they even have that pick. So, 
it's fun to talk about these things, but also there's something in the back of your mind going, what if they trade for Deshaun Watson? They're not going to have nine. You know, they're not going to have Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy or whatever. So it's like there's multiple different routes. It's like an open-ended route tree for George Payton. We're just at the beginning of the route. Once they hit the stem, the future of this team can go in a bunch of different directions. And so, that cloud is hanging over all of us. Yes. Yeah, every single one of us. So, so you, uh, you've said that you said this twice now, and I'm going to, I'm going to point it out in case people who are listening didn't notice it. You mentioned Cortland Sutton in a trade per, in a trade scenario twice in regards to getting Deshaun Watson. Now, when, when you talk to fans, just the general, general public, a lot of times what you hear is of course, Deshaun Watson wants to come to Denver. Look at all the weapons and Cortland Sutton's coming back and Noah Fant and Philip Lynn. I mean, you, you've mentioned some guys, in just the last couple of minutes of talking that you're not even sure they're going to be here, or they might be guys that are leaving who Deshaun Watson would want to throw the football to, for example, is right. Is that probably So when you look at a scenario where the Broncos make a move for Deshaun Watson and Ian and I always joke about this, we, we have to talk about it because it's like the only thing you can talk about. And we know that it gets sort of annoying for some people, but if, <laughs> if you don't talk about it, then you're not talking about the only thing that matters for the Denver Broncos. Is Cortland Sutton a guy that you would almost have to package in a deal to get Deshaun Watson? Or is that just a name that pops into your head because he's that good? He's that good. He's my favorite Bronco. I call him the steal of the draft. That's what I call him. I don't even call him Cortland. When I talk to him, I just, what's up, Steel? Like, I, that's his name. Like, uh, he's steal of the draft. He should have been a first-round pick. Hell, the Cowboys should have drafted him. I remember when I went to that draft in Dallas, I get off at the airport. It was at Love Field. And I thought I was in the, what's the other airport? DFW, right? I, I didn't know that. I think it was Southwest doesn't go to DFW. So I, I landed at Love Field. I was like, this isn't, uh, whatever. GPS says I'm in Dallas, so I'm here. And there was a big mural of Cortland Sutton from SMU at the airport. And I was like, yeah, he's going to be first round pick to the Cowboys. And then he wasn't. I love Cortland Sutton. But when you draft Jerry Judy and then back that up with KJ Hamler, that's a clear sign you're not going to renew his contract. And here's the problem with hitting on these second-round picks. You're going to have to pay Dalton Reisner sooner. You're going to have to pay Cortland Sutton sooner. There's no fifth-year option. There's no there's no give there with what you can do with their contract because you have, you found him in the second round. Eh, trading back to 31, 32, getting Cortland Sutton might have made some sense because now you'd have more time to breathe. When that move happens, it's a clear sign, as teams often do. You draft Justin Simmons because you're not going to bring back those old safeties, Right. You draft Bradley Roby because you don't think you're going to be bringing back Chris Harris or keep to leave. And then you end up keeping them and Roby ends up leaving. So like, it's just kind of the business of football. You're watching that path. You draft those receivers. Oh, means Sutton's gone. His contract's up. This team doesn't pay their own free agents for whatever reason. I think that's a mistake, especially with guys like Sutton. You should change that. He is, a, he is tip of the iceberg. He could be one of the top five receivers in this game. And because his contract's up after this season, that makes him an interesting trade asset. You throw in Jerry Judy, who fans seem to have this love-hate relationship with. I don't hate Jerry Judy at all. And I look at his drop rate, which is the same as George Kittle, and I'm like, well, George Kittle has that drop rate. And it's not number of drops. People get hung up on that. Look at the drop rate. It's the same as George Kittle. You're like, Oh, well, nobody's complaining about George Kittle. Why are fans complaining about Jerry Judy? Oh, yeah, Drew Locke. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the most tradable asset from that receiving group is Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. So one or the other, 
which one do you want? And the Broncos are so thick there. I mean, Tim Patrick could start somewhere else. He started for the Broncos. He did a fine job. Like you could, and imagine with Deshaun Watson, imagine with a quarterback who's on target percentage isn't the worst in the league. Like, you know, again, we can put blinders on and we can talk about patience and development and time and we can apologize or we can tell the truth of what film showed, not just advanced data, but what did the film show? The film showed a lot of off-target throws. The guys had to go up and get. Sutton would help that. Sutton would greatly, greatly help Locke. It also would help if he got away from Pat Shermer, who doesn't seem intent on using him the right way. I'm getting off track, but the point is Sutton, Judy, either one. And from what we know early on from Texans beat writers, we've all seen John McClain you know, tweet about this. They're not trading him. Well, if they did, they'd want a bunch of first-round picks and two defensive starters. I bring up Sutton because of the interesting name, because of the contract situation. And, and I'd rather see the Broncos get something for Sutton. I don't want him to leave. He's my favorite Bronco. But I'd rather see them get something for Sutton rather than him leave and, hey, we want to keep everybody, but, oh, man, we can't. And, and then we go through that song and dance, right? And then Cortland Sutton's catching passes from Pat Mahomes. Like, I'd rather see them, you know, get something in return than just have him leave in a year, which is probably what would happen if they don't package him in some sort of deal. You want to talk defensive starters? Nick always gets on me about this, like, who is it? Who's the defensive starters? I'm like, who cares? If it's two defensive starters, give me two defensive starters, and I'm sending them to Houston. I'm sorry. It's Deshaun Watson. There's five of these guys on the planet, okay? Um, all of your other players, again, not personal, players we all love and respect, they're all replaceable. That franchise quarterback is not replaceable. If you have a, this weird shot to get one, this weird window has opened up in the NFL that we don't normally see. If you have that opportunity, you take it. Even if it's going to be painful. Oh, first round picks. Oh, great. We missed out on the next Sylvester Williams, guys. Damn it. You know, like seriously, if you have that window, you have that opportunity, you take it. And Peyton says he'll be aggressive. So I'll believe him when he says that for now. We, <clears throat> we've touched on the trade. Odds makers, I've written about this ad nauseum, that the books have the Broncos as the as one of the favorites. The, I think the highest at DraftKings is that I've seen is plus three hundred. Does a trade happen? Is George Payton going to be aggressive and and do what it takes to get this generational quarterback into Sean Watson because he really is generational. When you think of quarterbacks in the National Football League. If there's Patrick Mahomes, and I have said this on this podcast, I think I said it on your show, the Broncos are in the reverse of the 80s, where they are now the Chiefs dealing with the Broncos with John Elway. And instead of going at it with Elvis Gerback and Rich Gannon and Steve Bono, you have an opportunity to go out and get Patrick Mahomes 1B into Sean Watson. Is is George Payton going to, to be aggressive? Is he going to live up to what he says and go out and get the quarterback that could potentially alter his franchise. I have, I'm thinking a lot about time in this episode and it's the timing of when to be aggressive. Jack Easterby is running the Texans into the ground. Nick Casario is a new guy. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, you've got an owner who totally trusts in Easterby and is, you know, basically ruining his franchise right before our very eyes. This is so very unusual uh, to actually see this, but it's happening. So the timing of it, when Peyton could be aggressive, because you could put the lean on, on the draft, day one of the draft, 
you know, is nine going to get moved? We could go right up to the pick, not knowing if the Broncos are even going to make the pick. It could be down to that wire or something even more uncomfortable. It could be August. It could be middle of training camp. Hey guys, we got Drew Locke and we got Ryan Fitzpatrick and they're duking it out and Locke's looking pretty good and all this kind of stuff. And then middle of August and that's when the dam breaks, so to speak. That's when the Texans realize, truly realize Deshaun will stay away. He'll take the fines. He'll lose the money. He doesn't care. He's not going anywhere. And by that time, you've whittled down to one or two teams, maybe. I look at the Carolina Panthers. The buzz is that they're willing to give up Christian McCaffrey in a package for Deshaun Watson. What the hell does Denver have to add to match that? Um, you'd probably not a lot unless you add just more on top of it. So when is George Payton going to be aggressive? Right now we know the phone is ringing with Nick Casario. Right now we know that they're saying, oh, when Deshaun Watson's brought up, they're changing the subject. Basically is what I've been told. But Deshaun Watson's getting brought up a lot. So do you chip away? Do you chip away? Do you chip away? If I'm Peyton, I'm calling every day. I'm texting. I'm doing whatever I can to truly be aggressive. Because the one thing I don't want to happen, and I believe in George Peyton, when before this hire was made, I made a list of 24 possible GMs for the Broncos. It did not include George Payton because I didn't think they would get him. I didn't think they were good enough to get him. And, and again, this is just honest truth. Fans lose their mind like, oh, they're the greatest ever. Like, no, they're not. The Broncos aren't what we remember them to be. Not in league circles. They're not thought of that way anymore. I thought George Payton was just too good. In fact, one of my NFC West buddies who works as a scout in that division, he said, this is like the Broncos getting Trevor Lawrence of GMs. That's how great George Payton is. So I wow. really, really believe in the guy. I really do. But when is that aggression best placed? You can be aggressive in April. Then you're going to make plans because you're going to pick at nine and it's going to be Caleb Farley or whoever, right? And then you're going to go into mini camp. You're going to go into training camp. You're going to have the Shermer offense in place and hopefully he does a better job with Locke because I blame a lot of this on Shermer. A lot of it on Locke. We'll, we'll, we'll weigh it uh, favorably for both, uh, you know, and, and, and equally and, and fairly for both. But are you going to be aggressive in August? Teams don't like doing that. So George Payton says he'll be aggressive. I'm like, we'll win because you should be aggressive now. I believe he is enough. You should be aggressive before the draft because Deshaun Watson, this is not going to, we're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson maybe until August. This isn't going away. This isn't going to get solved March 17th, the new league year. Nope. It's not going to get solved April 15th. Nope. 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 Deshaun Watson is not going anywhere in the near future. So how much patience do you have? You got teams like Carolina that are just waiting to pounce. You know, that's where I want to know when will George Payton be aggressive? That's going to be the most important tell. So you're, you're telling us that we have to wait. That's the worst. <laughs> I know. I know more patience. Usually people talk about patience when it comes to Drew Locke, which there is some of that as well. But no, this Watson thing isn't going anywhere. Someone who's contractually obligated to bring up Deshaun Watson every 30 minutes on the fan. Like, yeah, this Deshaun Watson thing, it moves the needle. I understand, you know, people get, get sick of hearing it. No, it's what people want to talk about. Because yeah. that guy, Champ Bailey, told us on the show, Deshaun Watson changes the trajectory of your franchise. And that's coming from Hall of Famer, one of the greatest guys ever, Champ Bailey. So you want to change the trajectory of your franchise? This is not normal. You guys know this. 
your listening audience knows this. This is not normal. The Broncos stink. Like, absolutely stink. They're a five-win team. I'm sick of making excuses. The the standard that this team once had, it's gone. How do you get that back? A guy like Deshaun Watson would get you back in a hurry. You can be patient. You can sell. And a lot of this is what I call there's – there's several things that I call it. <laughs> Stuff I probably can't say on the air, but – I will say there's a lot of PR going on right now in the media because the Broncos they put the lean on you. If you're not real friendly with them, they'll put the lean on you, and that's that's a, it's an access game. People always bag on Mike Kliss, who's a dear friend of mine. I think a lot of people misunderstand Kliss, um, but they bag on him, right, because he carries the water for the team, and he just reports what they want to say. Yeah, and he gets all the access. <laughs> Everything you said was true. Everything you think about Mike Kliss, that's true. He just tells, says what the team tells him to say. Uh-huh. And he gets all the access. He gets all the information. He gets it before anybody else. And he doesn't have to lie or make stuff up uh, to do that. He gets the information because he plays the access game. And he's great at it. And he's a great man. Again, I think he's misunderstood. Maybe it's just me, but he's a dear friend. I, I think there's a lot of PR that goes on with the media where, you know, you just it, it will be told to you. Talking points will be given to you. Listen, just like you can listen to the regular news, which God, who wants to do that? But like, you know, when talking points are distributed because everyone on every news channel says the exact same damn thing. It's the same thing in the NFL media. When everyone is saying the same, just give Locke time and give him some patience and he's coming around and look at that Carolina game. And then blah, blah, blah. there's some people that watch the film and, and truly believe that that's good. They're putting in the work. There's some people that are just told to say that basically. Or it's suggested to them to say that, basically. Those are the bad people to follow or to listen to or to put your time and invest your energy in. Because the Broncos, it's easy to say time, patience, George Payton, patience, Drew Locke, patience. When this team, this is so unlike the Denver Broncos. So unlike them at all. The ownership thing is going to mix in somewhere here down the line. But we have to look at everything honestly, fairly, and then remember what the standard is. I remember when AFC West championships, like I'd make fun of those on the air because it's like, oh, here, get the who gets who's buying the hat of the AFC West championship, guys. Like, because the Broncos always won the AFC Ch West championship. Who gives a damn, right? It's all about Super Bowls. That's where this team needs to be. That's where the fan base deserves this team to be. That's where Mr. Bolin wants this team to be. I mean, that's. If you go in the locker room, the door's open, and there's this huge wall mural of Mr. Bowen. It says, I want to be number one in everything. Huge print. It's the first thing you see in the locker room. That's the greatest quote ever, besides this one's for John, or this one's for Pat. Um, like, I want to be number one at everything. They're not number one at anything right now. They got a lot to change. So and they haven't yeah. for, for five years. So when people say patient... I'll be patient. I'll be patient as long as it takes to get Deshaun Watson. That's where my patience will lie. As soon as that's not a part of it, I'm not patient for anything. So well, and then the five years yeah, becomes ten years, and then the yeah. ten years becomes fifteen exactly. years. And again, this they didn't have back to back losing seasons. <laughs> well, what's the seventies? It was like, like thirty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was forty <laughs> years, whatever the number was. It's like this just isn't the way they do business. So the George Payton era, I'm very excited about. John's not going to do anything. I know there were some people thinking, like, John's going to be over his shoulder. John's going to be at Lake Tahoe, okay? 
uh, making six million this year or whatever. Like John's not going to interfere at all. Peyton's going to run the show. It's his ship. He's going to run things. And I believe in that man. I believe in his eye for talent. I would hope that, you know, that quarterback situation is solved because that gets us back. I say us like I'm part of the team, but that gets all of us Broncos country back to where this team needs to be. So, so let me ask you a question though, because I have been sort of on this kick for a while and, and I've mentioned it to Ian, I've written articles about it and it's this idea of irrelevancy and sort of this, this almost what feels like a a cliff dive at this point. And I, I guess the question has to be because it is pretty clear that that's the direction this team is headed. We we talked about a pendulum last year, and I felt like it was swinging back the opposite direction. I was wrong. The pendulum paused so we could all jump off the cliff together, I suppose. <laughs> but what is it going to take at this point to stop this free fall at, beyond going beyond the Deshaun Watson thing? Is there something else that can happen that would save this franchise? And I, I say that in all earnestness because it is it does feel like the franchise needs to be saved a little bit what can save this franchise from falling into a pit of despair uh you know cleveland brown style you're never going to do anything uh again type of thing aside from deshaun because i think we all can agree you bring in deshaun watson and immediately your franchise is a playoff contender immediately it doesn't matter who the other quarterbacks are in the afc west i don't care so so what's the other what's the other twist to that that could save this franchise that isn't named Deshaun Watson? It's ownership. That's that's what it is. You need someone that the buck stops with. You know, you need someone that can come in and be like, "What? Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. He's not my head coach." Like you need someone like that. You need someone to come in and say, "Wait a second, what? Pat Shermer's offense regularly ranks like 20th in the league. <laughs> like his best years, and I don't count the Chip Kelly years cuz that was Chip Kelly. But the Pat Shermer offense historically like his best years like 20th in the league in offense. What? This is the guy? And, and again, that's why you know when we talk about Drew Locke and that conversation like a lot of it is on Pat Shermer for having a god awful system that does not fit his quarterback at all. Now, Locke has a ton of stuff to work on, but like you need an owner that either can trust his football guys or just kind of has – Pat Bolin had an instinct, in a business instinct, a business acumen. He had an instinct when it comes to football and just like that trust in Mike Shanahan, right? And it was that like, Mike, you got a lifetime contract type of thing. That's what – made that combination so great because you had an owner that would spend whatever, do whatever, cared so much about his team, cared so much about his players, work out next to his players all the time. I remember when Mike Pritchard had, what, a spleen rupture or whatever in a game for the Broncos. He woke up in ICU and Pat Bolin was there. The first thing he saw when he opened his eyes was Pat Bolin at his bedside, in the hospital, in intensive care because he was hurt in a football game. And that's how much Mr. Bolin loved his players, loved his team. I don't know who that is, uh, Jay-Z, Jeff Bezos, whatever. Like, I don't know who that would be. But having someone like that that understands the connection to this community, it is Broncos country. Nuggets, super exciting, except every time they go to the Western Conference Final, they dump payroll. Um, you know, Avalanche, super exciting, although hockey's still a niche sport. Sorry, hockey fans, don't hate me. The Rockies, absolutely atrocious. Just come drink at our bar. Oh, yeah, baseball too, whatever. The, it doesn't matter. Those teams don't matter. What the Broncos do are all anybody wants to talk about. 
we get a lot of grief on the fan of like, oh, you guys just talk about the Broncos. Yeah, we're in a ratings-based business. And when ratings say, and, and we can watch our ratings in real time. And if I bring up, hey, we're going to talk Rockies next, you can see the listenership go down. <laughs> so it's like, if you talk Broncos and stay on Broncos and make it interesting about the Broncos, because they usually make it interesting, you're going to get people to listen because people care and people want to know. And that's what the water cooler talk is. That's what moves the needle. You know, it's like talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the CWDC shows. And sorry to go comic book nerd, but as you can tell behind me, I mean, I just I have a self-published comic book. Like, that's what it is. So, yeah, you can get really excited about uh, League for Tomorrow or whatever that one show's name. But, like, uh, why don't you get excited about Avengers, right? The Broncos are the Avengers. That's who they are. And everything else is just whatever. Uh, leftovers in the sports world in Denver. Some owner that understands that, that knows the relationship with the community and knows, wait a second, and, and just kind of takes that 35,000 foot view because we're all in Broncos country and we're all close to the situation. People are like, and Vic Fangio just needs time. His defense hasn't been good. Okay, guys have been hurt. That's legitimate. That is very, very legitimate. Uh, what about when guys aren't hurt? That defense had better be excellent. Because of Vic Fangio, it should be. His history shows it should be excellent on the defensive side of the ball. Pat Shermer, again, 35,000-foot view. He's never done anything. Like, huh? Where's the innovation? Where's the you know bright mind coming in? Where's the creativity? It took him all year to figure out what Drew Locke wanted to do when all you had to do was turn on the games last year. Think about how excited we were about Drew Locke a year ago. You know, coming off those Scangarello games. And yes, Scangarello had to tell him what to do before the play. Okay? And there's a dirty little secret or whatever, but who cares? I'm going to tell the secret. That was the secret. He was telling him what to do in his headset. And, you know, maybe Shermer didn't want to do that. But don't you want your job? <laughs> because if you make Drew Locke look good, now in the next coaching cycle, Pat Shermer's name's going to come up. You want to be a head coach again? That's how you should be thinking. It shouldn't be about your system. Your system is bunk. It should be about how do I get the best out of Drew Locke? And it really wasn't until later in the year when things got desperate. I don't want the Broncos to be desperate. I want to see actual development of this young player, perhaps with an owner in place. That'd be someone who could say, the buck stops with me. We're not doing this that way anymore. You mentioned the ownership situation. The court case between Beth Bowen Wallace and her sister, against the, the Pat Bowen Trust has been delayed because of COVID. It's probably whether or not there's a decision made in this court case by the judge himself. What is your, what, what is your feel about this? Is this something that's going to get decided this year, or is this going to be something that continues to get punted? Um, are Broncos fans going to have to be patient with this? Like they are with Deshaun Watson on when ah. George Payton will be aggressive. <laughs> Um, what, what, what's your, what's your feel of this situation and, and if, and when it gets resolved, I don't get into this as much as like, let's say DMAC does, right. He loves talking about the ownership situation for me. It's all on the field stuff, Ian, but I will, I will say this. They're going to sell. This isn't going to get settled. This is a family. This is like game of Thrones, except they run a football team, right? It's a family thing. It's a, it's, you know, two sides. It's Annabelle's kids. It's the kids that were born with a different wife, like it's just, and it's sad. It's sad when someone passes and, and it's sad in such a public manner, right? Like yeah. there's family business that honestly, I don't want to know the Bolin's business. 
hey, we got to sell the team. Okay, f- fine. Uh, I, I don't need to know the stuff I know behind the scenes. Like, it's sad that a family falls apart like that. And it's so public, right? They need their privacy and, you know, they're not going to get that. I guess it's just the way it is because they own an NFL team. So they're going to sell. And the NFL changed the game when they said a few months ago, like, we're going to find people that don't have the ownership thing figured out. And those fines, Broncos don't have a lot of cash. They're worth $3 billion, but they're also one of the most cash-strapped teams in the league. Uh, COVID didn't help with no concessions and no parking and no tickets and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, so that doesn't help the situation. They're not equipped to take on these millions of dollars in fines for not having ownership in place. So they'll sell, you know, maybe this time next year, it'll be more real. Uh, but I don't think it gets solved before. And it's not like they're going to sell in the summer, right? I think a year from now, we'll be talking about the, the sale of the Broncos, but not any sooner than that. Do you have a, a guess? I mean, you mentioned Jay-Z and Jeff Bezos. I, I Jay Bezos would be a fantastic conglomerate. <laughs> is there, there is there some thought that there might be a group out there that's eyeing the Denver Broncos? I know some fans might uh, be putting their hands together and, and asking the football gods for Peyton Manning to step in and purchase the team. I, yes. I don't I don't know if he wants to do that, but is that is that a thought that maybe Peyton Manning might be somebody who would like to be in an ownership group knowing that he's – I mean, he owns what? you know, lots of other things. He cuts that meat and whatnot. So, you know, could he bring in nationwide and make a purchase? Well, Adam, it would be the question you asked me previously, like who could save this team other than Deshaun Watson? You just said it, dude. And I'm getting chills now Look that what you're bringing I did. that up. Look what it's, I did. <laughs> it's Peyton Manning. I, I mean, that's, he loves Denver. I mean, he lives here, right? He lives in Castle Pines. Um, like, he loves Denver. He loves it here. And he doesn't want to be a GM. Okay. For all the people like Peyton is a GM. Like he, he's, his eyes are much larger than general manager. His eyes are, he's, he moves in billions, right? It's all about levels. You know, your local hip hop artist and then Jay-Z, right? Jay-Z works in billions. Um, Peyton Manning is looking at billions. He's looking at ownership. I would not be surprised. I don't know how he'd do it. It'd have to be in a group. Um, and he could be the lead of that, but you want to talk about a guy. And again, I'll go over all the things that I just said, cares about the community, understands the relationship of the fan base with that team, understands just how important the Broncos are in the history of this game. You want to talk about a historian of the game. My God, Peyton Manning would be that perfect owner, the perfect solution for the Broncos is that oh, they got to sell the team bummer Peyton Manning's going to buy it with nationwide or Buick or whoever. And he does drive a Buick. And it's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. That would be perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, so much so I don't want to think about it too much because <laughs> then I'll get disappointed when it doesn't happen. But like that is the perfect solution because he's, and he would have the football acumen to know when something's not right or something needs to be changed, right? You know, Vic Fangio, great defensive coordinator, great, one of the best defensive minds in the history of this league. Not a great head coach. Okay, there's no shame in that. Dick LeBeau's a Hall of Famer, created the zone blitz. Terrible head coach. Uh, Dom Capers, Greg Williams, notice I'm naming all defensive guys. Um, but, like, seriously, you know, Norv Turner, like, the. Joe there Collier. are exactly there are guys who just that's where you're, it's a little level. Right? There's levels. Yeah, Wade's perfect defensive coordinator, not a good head coach. 
There's nothing wrong with that. We're just finding that out about Vic Fangio right now. A guy like Peyton would be able to understand, give guy enough time, and then go, oh, this isn't working like I wanted. Let's change it. And he's Peyton Manning. I mean, he he could say the sky is pink, and I'd believe him, right? And I think Broncos country would be right on board with him. And yes, I've said it on my show. I'll say it on this show as well. And hell, I'll tell Peyton anytime I see him, like, I'm asking him for a job. Like, hell yeah. Like Peyton Manning runs a team. Uh, I know Nick gets all mad at me. He's like, you'd leave our show to go work for, yes. (laughs) Sorry. Like what? (laughs) We're asking that? Like, uh, no, no. Yeah. Peyton, um, Peyton would be perfect, man. I'd love it. I'd love it for this team. Two things that make this actually a possibility. His wife, I believe, is a part owner of the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. So there is that um experience so to speak inside the manning family mm-hmm. he actually has the name so the other 31 owners would get behind it if he were to come in and be an owner they, they would have no problem with him being approved or becoming an owner and you mentioned it he has the name he could get the people to give him the money that he would need to be an owner and um whether uh it happens or not, I, I think we've now laid the egg for getting Deshaun Watson and Peyton Manning. So now it needs to happen. Oh, that would be that would be brilliant, man. I mean, that puts the Broncos right right back at the top. If you could get those two and somehow this fantasy could come true, uh, that would be amazing. I mean, just a perfect scenario. And that's something like, you know you're not going to win the Super Bowl every year, but you're not supposed to be this. They haven't been 500 since 97 after the Super Bowl, right? And with Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch, like, come on. It's not supposed to be this. It's supposed to be different. There's a better standard. There's a higher standard. I understand that John Elway did want to bring Mike Shanahan back. We've talked about that. Like, I wish that could have happened. Um, I wish they just would have hired Kyle. But, uh, you know, the influence of Shanahan in the building, maybe some – did not uh, maybe want that, but John Elway wanted Mike Shanahan back. Like somebody to save this team that knows this team. Uh, you know, that's not Jeff Bezos. Uh, that's Peyton Manning. And you throw in her to Sean Watson. It sounds really good to me. And now all of a sudden the Broncos are fun to cover again. Cause I've often joked, which is funny now. Cause it comes to bite me in the ass, but I've often joked like, hey, at least I don't cover Jacksonville. Cause when I go places, people want to talk to me because I cover the Broncos uh, maybe they're talking a little less now because the Broncos are less interesting. We'll make them more interesting, and then this will be a lot more fun. One thing that could happen, I don't know if this is a possibility or not, but could Peyton Manning go to Deshaun Watson and be like, hey, you, you might want to go to Denver because I could um, <laughs> I could potentially be your boss. I don't know if there's like some rule against that or something. but Right. Tampering's illegal at Bushwood, sir. I think that's the quote. But anyway. Um, to, isn't it? There's legal tampering, though. So couldn't he just do it during the legal tampering phase? Like, and <laughs> actually, Peyton Manning's not an NFL employee or anything. So he's just a regular guy, you know. Just call him up. Maybe you never know what's ha- and all that sort of stuff happens. I, I brought it up the other day, not to bring up the nuggets again, but like how many guys were recruiting Nikola Jokic at the all-star game, everybody. And what are they telling him? Man, you're not going to win anything with the nuggets. Come to me. Come over here with Brooklyn. Come over here to the Lakers, whatever. Like that's what they're telling him. So if you were to say like, Hey, uh, recruiting Peyton Manning, like, yeah, I know. I know that stuff happens. 
So what? Uh, okay, so so we kind of have some ideas. I, hopefully, we can uh, we'll use our brain power to convince Peyton Manning to put together a group to buy the team. But I, I guess the next question has to be going into this free agency period. So we'll sort of bring it back to reality a little bit. What is the best case scenario for the Broncos in free agency uh, moving forward? Like, what what's the best thing that could happen for them? Ooh, the best thing in free agency. They're not going to be. They're going to be aggressive, but not the way that fans want them to be, you know, like I understand people are like, let's go get Levante David or whatever. You know, you see all the, the guys who aren't getting tagged today and are hitting the open market. Not that they would be in on a Kenny Galladay or whatever, but like they're not, they're not going to go for that. This is going to be a weird year because of the lower salary cap, because of COVID, all those sorts of things. Like last year we had most of everything. We didn't have everything, but I was in Indy last year. Wasn't in Indy this year. You know, the NFL had some pro days. This year they got Zoom workouts or whatever. So expect a muted um, appearance in free agency. Expect second wave free agents. And none of this is exciting, right? I'm not hyping up the fan base at all uh, by saying these sorts of things. I don't think they're going to be a big player in free agency. Your... um, you know, your big catch, if you will, is Deshaun Watson. And obviously that's not in free agency. So your free agents are tendering your guys, hopefully keeping your guys. Um, watch out for Philip Lindsay. There's a lot of attention on him. Hopefully he doesn't get signed away. Um, but, you know, keep your guys, stay the course, plan for the draft, and then have your eye on Deshaun Watson. And you're either going to get them or you're not going to get them. I mean, it's as simple as that. So I think free agency, the best plan is uh, we'll save money. I, I'm, I, I don't expect them to be a big player. Could totally be wrong. But, um, you know, I don't think the market's setting up that way for them. Now let's do the the flip of that. What's the worst case scenario for the Broncos and free agency? We did that backwards. You should have, we should have started with the worst case. Uh, does this include like losing Von Miller? It could. You know, I don't know what you guys think, but I think Von still got game left. Yeah. You know, um, I look at it in a similar way. I was complaining about the Jarrell Casey move. I'm like, Casey didn't shred his knee. He didn't bust an Achilles, right? It was a bicep injury. And now the Raiders are interested in him. Like, I don't want to see Jarrell Casey go to the Raiders. I thought Jarrell Casey had something, you know, not as much as Vaughn has left in the tank. And Vaughn's never going to be a 20-sack guy. I know that he said that or whatever. And I used to think that. He's just never done that. Um, You know, you're going to look at 12 sacks, maybe 15, something like that. But to me, it's more about the pressures that you get. I think Fangio needs to use in the right way. Like, Vic's thing with Vaughn has always been weird. It's always been weird. And, and not just taking a speaker out of his locker because uh, he's playing his music too loud, but like that, their relationship has always been odd because there's ways to use Von Miller and Vic Fangio is like, let's do that all the time <laughs> and not give him any sort of breather or break just to like, I don't know, test him or something. I don't, uh, to me, I would not use him as a rotational guy, but certainly not have him in on every damn snap because of the double teams, the triple teams. Like we can talk about Malik, we can get excited about Malik Reed. That's fine. He wasn't getting double team and triple team the way Von Miller does. Oh, Bradley Chubb doesn't even get that. So like that command that Von still brings, and he was looking like an incredible, just behemoth monster beast, whatever you want to say in training camp, the limited training camp we had last year, 
Von Miller looked like he was going to wreck the world. I, I just want to see that. Selfishly, I want to see that. So I think worst case scenario to me would be losing Vaughn and having him go again, just like the NBA. Hey, come to the Chargers. You know Brandon Staley. He was your coach like two years ago. Come to the Chargers. They're not going to keep Melvin Ingram. You know, line up opposite of Joey Bosa. Let's go. Play with Chris Harris Jr. again. You know, a worst case scenario, go to the Chiefs. Oh, you God. know. I was hoping he wouldn't say that. He said that with Cortland Sutton early. You're saying worst case scenario. I'm like, is there a worst case scenario than seeing, uh, you know, and I don't I don't know what they do with 58 because he wears Derek Thomas's number. So right. you know, bring it out of retirement or something. Um, I'm sure his family would probably respond that way. But, like, that's a worst case scenario. L- losing Von Miller, like losing Drell Casey to the Raiders, that has a certain bite to it. I like Casey. Losing Von Miller to the Chargers or the Chiefs, that's a whole different level of bite. So let me let me ask you this about Von Miller because I, I do think that the the take on Vic Fangio from a lot of from a lot of fans' perspectives, and I'll admit that I've I've said this as well, is that Vic Fangio's defense has been pretty good. Five and eleven sucks, I agree with you. But number one defense in the red zone, they've they've been very good even though they've had injuries. Von Miller was one of those injuries. Is he necessary? for the Broncos to be successful moving forward. And I, I know you could throw in a lot of caveats like, well, if you bring in Deshaun Watson, maybe it's not as big a deal, right? But just just in sort of a vacuum, looking at Von Miller and looking at what this defense was, was able to do last year without him and maybe wasn't able to do without him as well, sort of just focusing on both sides of that, have we been lulled into a false sense of security about, well, I love Von Miller, I, I wish he would retire a Denver Bronco, but losing Von Miller wouldn't be the end of the world has has that become because I've I've said that I, I can admit to having said that am I am I feeling too secure in my uh, trust of this defense to think that losing Von Miller would would not have just a massive impact after what we saw in 2020 and how no they weren't great but they were not terrible they <laughs> say that with a question mark at the end there Is that right what you said on the teleprompter. <laughs> I, I would say this uh, about the Von Miller situation. One, it's about that impact that he has because Fangio had to blitz and he doesn't like to blitz. If you have Vaughn, you don't have to blitz. If you have Vaughn, you can rush four. And as we saw in the Super Bowl, if you can rush four, that frees up everything. This game is so different now because of the mobile quarterback, not athletic, mobile quarterback, because of the mobile quarterback and because of safety play. Like that's why safeties Broncos are going to have the highest paid safety duo unless they get rid of Kareem Jackson in the league. Fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that because safeties are so damn important. And you look at the secondary play that could be impacted if Vaughn's out there and they're rushing four instead of Malik Reed out there and they're bringing a fifth person in to rush or a sixth person in that puts those guys, Caleb Farley or Michael Ojemudia or Bryce Callahan for eight games, whatever, like that puts them on such an Island. And for me, Von Miller, and, and I asked him this question, and it's a press conference gag reel because I didn't ask it this way. I should have practiced in the mirror before I asked Von this two years ago because Brandon Cristal was like, oh, you have a down year with these eight sacks or whatever. And, you know, this, I'm just bringing up BK because I love BK. He's a, good, a dear friend and misunderstood, by the way. Um, I said afterwards, I said to Von, I said, you, you lead the league in incompletions and interceptions caused by your pressure. So why do people say you're having a bad year? 
And like, he didn't know that was a stat. So he was like, huh, what the hell is it? Did you make that up? And it became like this big press conference. Like Nikki Javala, I always used to love tweeting out that video. I'm like, thanks, Nikki. It was incredibly embarrassing for me, but. Um, Don't confirm with her. <laughs> exactly. But it, it's like, okay, he, he had that sort of pressure. Like Malik Reed doesn't do that. So you can get those numbers, like the soft numbers, like sacks. But what about the pressures? What about incompletions and interceptions caused by pressures? You're not going to get those from Malik Reed. You're not going to get them from Bradley Chubb. Sorry. He's just not working out the way that he could have. Maybe he does this year and it's totally all right. That's fine. Von Miller's a game changer. Still to this day, he's a game changer. And the fact that he frees up one man, it's like getting an extra defender, right? Um, he frees up that one man. I, and I would say this on the Deshaun Watson thing. I think it's even more important if you get Deshaun. If you can keep Vaughn, unless Vaughn's sent to Houston or whatever, because with Deshaun, you're actually legit. Like you could say you don't need Vaughn because you're not going anywhere. And I could, I could hear that. I could listen to that. You don't need Vaughn because you're not going to the playoffs. You're still rebuilding. But if you get Deshaun Watson, now you are going to the playoffs. And boy, you could use Vaughn Miller. So I could make the argument against that and be like, no, if you get Deshaun, you better have Vaughn if you can, because he's so important and can still be to this day. To wrap this up, what do you have planned for your coverage at 1043fm.com and your show with uh, Nick Ferguson, the Nick and Cecil show? What what can listeners expect over the next week leading up to free agency? Yeah, the stars come out at night. So whether it's Shaq Barrett or Champ Bailey or whoever we get on the line, John Lynch, um, Nick does a great job of wrangling up guests. I'm not going to give away too much, but we've got some draft picks coming on that you won't want to miss out some players that might have interest uh, for the Denver Broncos. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's always interesting. Cause I never quite know Nick will surprise me sometimes with these guests, but, uh, and then obviously I'm neck deep in draft preparation, trying to work on 300 players is always a behemoth. It's a, it's a monster to take on each and every year, but I welcome it. Cause this is my favorite time of year. I miss traveling you know, to the Shrine Bowl. I did go to the Senior Bowl, um, which was different, and everybody was masked up or whatever. But, like, I, I miss going to Pro Days, right? I miss going to the Combine. Okay, so it'll be a little bit different this year, um, but still the film study is the same, and that's what I'm excited about. So draft talk, plenty of free agency talk, top-notch guests that you don't get anywhere else on the number one most listened to sports show at night in the Denver market. It's Nick and Cecil on the fan. Speaking of top-notch guests, always a pleasure to have you on with <laughs> us. It, it really is uh, a, a ton of great insight. Just what more could you ask for? So again, just thank you from us to you for coming on, joining, uh, giving us some information. It's always nice to ask a question than to have somebody talk for 10 minutes so I can zone <laughs> out and, and watch the, the the Rockies game in the background. They're, they're actually winning, which I, I didn't I didn't notice that. So, mm. uh, <laughs> Well, I, I say this. I hope next year when I come on, like we have some more good things to talk about because the love, even though people bring up, you're a Steelers fan. Like, yeah, but I'm the black sheep of my family and a family full of Broncos fans. Like the love that is there for this team, the appreciation that I have for this team. I just, I would like to come on and start talking about Super Bowls again. When we were doing that, when Peyton was here, that was fun. This is a little less fun, but hopefully they're on the right track with George Peyton. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course, I 
I love and respect all the guys there uh, in the, the community you guys have built at Mile High Report. Hopefully we're talking about Deshaun Watson as the next quarterback at the Denver Broncos. That would be awesome. Maybe even before a year from now. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.